Have you tried Remote Play? It's super slick. You mean the Steam Remote Play? No, the PlayStation 4 Remote Play. What did you Remote Play on? My PC. Oh, I guess because your PC is on the other side of your flat. And I get to play on a, a monitor with a desk. I much prefer it that way. <laughs> that, mo- that, that, that flat screen is just too big. That's it's possible. Like, it's like such first world problems. My TV's too big. I can't deal with it, man. And also, I, I've been told that it's not healthy for my daughter just to have the sound of gunfire. Oh, this is for COD, yeah. is it? COD World War Two. Yeah. Have you been playing COD? I need the campaign. Oh, the single player? Yeah. Okay, I've not tried the single player. I've never played the single player for any of the Call of Duty games, shockingly. Only the multiplayer. I think I think the single player is quite fun. Oh no, everyone says the single player is really, really good and that I'm missing out. But I think it's because I'm not really into the COD games. I only play them because other people are playing them. And as a result, I just play the multiplayer. It's funny, usually I'm not into this kind of game in general. Like PUBG is like the massive exception. I don't know why I'm playing it so much. If you'd asked me to suggest the kind of games that I enjoy, I would never have said, you know, military shooters or squad-based shooters or anything like that. You know, they would have been way down the list. I would have said puzzle games or RPGs or something. And yet, weirdly, PUBG is some weird exception. Because it's so social. It's so social. Yeah, I think it's the social aspect and the trolling. It's actually allowing me to express some aspect of my character that I never usually get to express. (laughs) I've become really disrespectful in this most recent few dozen hours. I've actually started just running out into the open and being like, it's fine. I'm sure their aim is shit. I'll just kill them when they start shooting at me. And then I've been doing it. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I don't know either. (laughs) Something's gone wrong. I've gone slightly mad. I've gone slightly mad this year. Mad with? Power. Depression. Angst. What am I doing with my life? I've still got this cold. I've had this cold like almost a month now. Can you believe it? It's terrible. You sound better though. Yeah, I am a bit better. I've just taken a load of pseudoephedrine. You know, I'm going to be insufferable for the next half hour. Only half hour? Well, good thing this podcast is longer than that. (laughs) Well, you can judge for yourself how long I'm insufferable for. Well, I've known you three years. You've been insufferable for most of it, so it's fine. I can't believe it's three years. I can't believe it's three years. This is shocking. This is a shocking revelation. It's not really a revelation. This is a shocking, I don't know. I've lost all vocabulary. Hope that's okay. No, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to... You I'm need to find make, it in the next minute. I'm going to make grunting noises for the rest of the podcast. You can ask me questions and I'll go, Ugh. Ugh. Og. One last thing. I bought you an ASOS voucher almost a year ago. For yeah. Christmas. Yes. What's happening there? Will my voucher expire? You know, I checked actually it expired December 2018. I've got a whole other year. I've got a whole other year to spend this voucher. But no, I really should spend it imminently. I find spending vouchers really difficult. Not even your money. Is that why you're more precious with it? I just don't know what to buy. I I find the idea of buying clothes online really weird because you can't try them on. And so many times I see clothes in a shop and try them on and be like, well, this was a mistake. Just buy something standard. You don't need to go all out. No glitter, no sequins, you're safe. No glitter, no sequins. I do need new clothes. I do need to upgrade my wardrobe. Yeah, because you can't wear the same trousers every day. I beg to differ. I have been, but yeah, you're right, I can't. 
fine. Just buy whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Buy fine. a hat if all I care. Buy, buy a hat. I need yeah. I need more interesting hats for streaming. I'm very self conscious about streaming without a hat. You should, you should try and reproduce all the hats in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> I'm not streaming Mario Odyssey. Actually, oh, you get in trouble. Sorry. You know what we should mention? You know, I spent more real money on PUBG. Did I tell you this? When you say more, it depends more on top of what you told me before, or because I spent. 46 hong kong dollars which is about like four pounds 50 on a jacket for my character to look more dapper that i know about but then recently on the PUBG streaming i was requested to turn on face cam so i turned it on and then i've been very self-conscious about my face okay and i decided i should wear a hat okay and i realized i actually have a military hat like a literal real singaporean army surplus military hat like a camo cap. Yep. So I've been wearing that. And then I realised, there's a hat just like that in game in PUBG. So I bought that hat. It was $132. <laughs> 132 Hong Kong dollars. That's still more than my coffee. So embarrassingly, I've now spent approaching £20 on PUBG cosmetic items. Your plan is to dress as your PUBG character? Yeah, I have been. I've been streaming after coming home from work. I'm wearing a shirt and the hat. I should probably wear a black jacket and like a half undone tie and then I would actually look like my character. Someone observed the other day that I was actually just taking painkillers while sitting at the computer and they're like, oh, he's method acting. He's just like his computer game character. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should just guzzle some Red Bull at the same time. Purple miniskirt? Is that what's next? Oh, this, this is why I can never stand up in front of the camera. I'm already wearing a purple miniskirt. I'm not really wearing a purple <laughs> miniskirt. Let's just make this clear. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Have with me today, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Father Ting. I think you should channel Father Ted. No. <laughs> when you're Father Ting. No? No, because then I'd have to do something in Irish. <laughs> or Father Jack. You can just swear. <laughs> I don't think it's quite appropriate for the 21st century, actually. <laughs> no. You're right. The, the world has moved on. <laughs> the world has moved on. You can't portray a drunken caricature anymore. It's crazy how, like, Little Britain is so racist. It's, yet... really, it's really funny how much the world has changed in a very short time. Sorry. We are a book club for games. And we are today. Yes. Today we're going to cover Injustice 2. And we have a warning. Spoilers for Injustice 2. Spoilers for Injustice 2 if you care about the story and believe it can be spoiled. I mean, it's a fighting game, man. So, no need to be too precious about it. Where to begin? We are going to take a trip down memory lane and talk about how we got here. The first thing we'll cover is what fighting games have you played in the past? Well, what is your history with fighting games in general? I don't really have a history with fighting games. I'm just told, here's the controller thing. It's your turn. I, I, I don't own any of these. Except for one. Actually, I always forget. You never owned any of the 16-bit consoles. You didn't have a Mega Drive. You didn't have a Super Nintendo. Your first console was a GameCube? No, N64. But does the Game Gear count? What was, what, what, how do they pitch the Game Gear? Your Game Gear is like a first-generation handheld, I guess. Did you have a fighting game on the Game Gear? Nope. Oh, well then. It's kind of moot anyway, isn't it? 
I might have had like Street Fight on the 3DO or something weird like that. I forgot you're into 3DO. <laughs> so your one fighting game that you owned really was Smash Brothers on the GameCube. Yes. And you said, no, that doesn't count. Well, I, it does count in a sense, but I feel like Smash Brothers as a fighting game is kind of a, almost a different subgenre of fighting game. It's kind of like an arena brawler rather than a one-on-one fighting game. You know, it's, it's much more chaotic. I mean, there's a great deal of skill in Smash Brothers, but it's a different kind of skill to the more traditional one-on-one fighting games. I mean, you can obviously disagree with me, but I think that certainly the first peak in one-on-one fighting games was the whole Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 2 kind of era. And there was a big rivalry at the time you know, are you Street Fighter or are you Mortal Kombat? I owned both on the Super Nintendo. I think I actually really preferred Mortal Kombat, weirdly, for all the secrets. I mean, this is in the pre-internet days when, you know, there were just rumours like, oh, do you know about this character? Or, There's a secret character. Or, Did you see this weird message popped up on the arcade machine? There's a secret character we haven't found yet. Or you get the, the cheap book with the magazine. Yeah. There's all sorts of weird lore about the arcade machines and things, like the idea of hidden characters and stuff. And like, I remember with Street Fighter 2, there was a rumor there was a character called Sheng Long, although it turns out that was actually a mistranslation, and Sheng Long means Dragon Punch. And then with Mortal Kombat, there obviously was loads and loads and loads of freaky hidden stuff, and they really like doubled and tripled down on it in the later games in the series. There was like the ultimate combat code and all this weird things you can play Pong or Ermac and so and so and like all these jokes about made up characters and they actually added them as real characters later on so there's loads of weird pedigree about these fighting games but that's the last time I really played a fighting game I kind of dabbled in it since then I played a bit of Tekken I played a bit of Dead or Alive I guess but really the last time I kind of played fighting games seriously Street Fighter 2 Mortal Kombat 2 and I wasn't especially good at them even then I mean that's back in the days of being a kid and being well thinking you're good at stuff but you're only playing against you know people on your street this is before you have to play against the whole internet and realize that you suck and then in recent years there's been a resurgence in the popularity of these one-on-one fighters street fighter 4 i think leading the charge yes most recently yes and then even that was a long time ago even that was, it's true actually that was a long time ago jeez and then what was the DC versus Mortal Kombat? I remember they had to dial down the Mortal Kombat levels of gore for that. Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. So I guess this is the beginning of the pedigree that leads to Injustice and then Injustice 2. Because that would be the right kind of era, wouldn't it, for Street Fighter 4? And then Nether Realms kind of answer to that. A crossover between... DC and the Mortal Kombat universe. Well, I guess, again, versus Marvel versus Capcom, which was obviously the Street Fighter side of that equation. Anyway, what we're really trying to say is, neither of us really plays fighting games. <laughs> we wanted to talk about how much things have changed. You know, last time around, when we talked about setting up Injustice 2, you said, we must play X amount of characters. And I said, oh, it's not like that anymore. And it really isn't. Yes, I was very confused. I really thought this was... Well, the last time I played a fighting game was actually 
I did play Street Fighter 4. I did buy and own Street Fighter 4, and I felt like I wanted to be good at Street Fighter 4. I did actually buy a fight stick. But then as I admitted to you just before we started recording this, I never actually unboxed my fight stick. It's still in the box next to my couch. I literally use it as a side table to hold my laptop next to the TV. (laughs) Did you play Street Fighter 4? I did play it. I wasn't very good at it. Trying to play Street Fighter 4 with the Xbox 360 controller is a nightmare because the d-pad on the 360 controller is rubbish it's so mushy and imprecise and the analog stick is not really a good match for fighting games i mean jumping forward a little bit with injustice 2 what did you use to control it do you use the analog stick or do you use the d-pad i use the d-pad yeah i use the d-pad for a fighting game i think the d-pad is a much better match when you're trying to do precise movements and taps and rolls and things but you don't need to be so precise with injustice 2 do you not? No, let's talk about Street Fighter 4. Okay. Did you ever play the tutorials in Street Fighter 4? Yes. Did you find that no matter how hard you tried, you could not complete the combos? Yes, it was extremely difficult. This is what led me to buy the fight stick. And then in the period between ordering the fight stick and it arriving, I kind of just gave up anyway and decided, you know what? I've got other things to play. Did, but- you, did you say, well, why you bought that fight stick? Well, because I can't deal with a freaking 360 gamepad. Also, the fight stick was 50% off. I mean, that was the major thing. I played Street Fighter 4. I found it freaking impossible to play precisely with the 360 gamepad. And then I got a message from a friend going, hey, you know, the fight stick is 50% off. You should buy one. So I bought one. And I said to you, is it like a, a half-sized portable effort or job? And if it's not. No, it's a big, chunky thing. It's like the size of your laptop, basically. Yeah, it's a monster. Never unboxed. I'll use it one day. And, you know, th- there's something else. It wasn't, this wasn't the only thing that we bought up that made you sound like a crazy person. You only just realised that you own a J- Injustice 1. No, no, you, you say it like that and it <laughs> makes me sound particularly crazy, but you could have owned Injustice 1 as well. Let's be clear here. Injustice 1 was a PlayStation Plus free game of the month. One of the first AAA ones. It was a big deal. And I downloaded Injustice 1 when it was the free game of the month. And you didn't. No, I didn't. And that's the only reason that you don't also own Injustice 1. We both could have owned Injustice 1. But I I knew of my failing immediately. Whereas I completely forgot I owned this until we were going through the notes for this podcast. And then I was like, hang on a minute, I own Injustice 1, what the hell? Because I wrote down several times in the notes, oh, I wish I'd played Injustice 1, because then maybe I'd know what was going on. And then I realised, I do own Injustice 1. I have no one to blame but myself. The thing is, though, I think that when you receive a game for free, you don't have the same relationship with it, you don't feel the same way about it. Or when, as we might get to another day, when it comes to the Kickstarter games, when you backed a game and you paid for it like five years ago and then they give it to you, the act of paying for the game versus receiving the game is just so far removed that, again, you kind of treat it the same way. Or all the Humble Bundle games where it's like, oh, there's this one game I want, I'll pay 10 bucks for the bundle. You get 10 other games in the bundle. You completely forget those 10 games exist. Or at least I completely forget those 10 games exist. No, you're right. So I completely forgot that I actually did own Injustice 1. There's a difference when, when you're a child, when you only own one game and there 
the bond you have with that one game is immense. Anyway, so what we're really trying to say is neither of us really knows modern fighting games or the conventions of modern fighting games. I guess the closest we've got is playing Street Fighter 4, since I own Street Fighter 4 and wanted to be good at it, but then gave up. You've played it a little bit, someone else's copy of Street Fighter 4. Yeah. And that's our only real exposure to all these focus moves and meter burns and cancels and so on. Like, these are concepts that kind of existed unofficially, I think, in the Street Fighter 2 Mortal Kombat 2 days. They were kind of like quirks of the engine that led you to be able to cancel one move into another. And then super moves were not like officially supported until Super Street Fighter 2, I guess. And then I suppose I have played games in between that do have these ideas, like X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, but I just played those games for the flashy graphics, I was never good at them. And I think mechanically those games are just really unbalanced, they're just for fun, they're just like Shinku Hadoken and Massive Mega Eye Blast. No one really cares about it being a competitive game. Whereas I think Street Fighter 4, they explicitly made it to try and be competitive, and Injustice, they're deliberately trying to make it be a competitive game. They're trying to give it depth rather than just button mashing. Although button mashing evidently works as well. I wanted to add that Injustice 2 came out on PC. Yeah, like last week or something, I saw this. I got some notification on Steam that said, oh, Injustice 2 multiplayer beta now available. I was like, huh? Yeah, sorry, I made you slam it on the console. Well, it's not fully out on PC. It was just the beta. I don't think it's out out on PC. It is now. Is it now? It is now. Okay, to be honest, I'd rather play it on console anyway. Oh, good. We should move on. Did we say just play the campaign? Did we say that explicitly? Yeah, we did just say play the main story. Well, I said play a few characters and you were like, it doesn't work like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you said play the main story. So let's talk about the main story. Did you change any of the settings? I set up infinite timers. And I did toy with the idea of having just one round to speed everything through. But I didn't in the end. And I just played a completely vanilla playthrough. I didn't change any of the settings. Did you play on normal? I played on normal. I didn't win every fight. I had to redo a few. Given our conversation a few episodes ago about hidden game mechanics, do you feel that after your loss, they would dial down the difficulty on the retry? Yes. I really felt like it did. I've always felt this about fighting games, though. I don't know if this is just psychosomatic or psychological, but yeah, it definitely feels like when you're playing the main game, it will let you win a couple, and then it will just get really hard and brutally put you down. And then when you continue, then it gets easier again. Because there are definitely times when I've won really trivially, like I've won still being on my first health bar, and then on the next one, I've just got completely destroyed and the AI's been on its first health bar. I've been like, what the hell just happened here? And I don't think I've been playing any differently. I mean, it's possible it's just luck or balance or, you know, the AI's just decided to punish me for playing the same way all the time. But I don't think so. I think there is some dialing up and down of the difficulty. So we both played the tutorial. Well, when you first select the main story mode, it says, hey, you should probably play the tutorial. And it will make you play through a standard tutorial, and then I think the character tutorial as well for Batman. So I played through all of those. Did you play any more? Did you do all the character tutorials? No, definitely not. I found the tutorial to be straightforward. Well, the tutorial introduces all of these concepts like 
cancels and meter burns and clashes. On your first encounter with clashes, did you ask what was going on? Because I thought it was more complicated than it was. Because you're just waging the bars. You know, you're, you're just saying, oh, three bars, two bars, one bar. That's all you're doing. There's nothing beyond that. But did you realise that straight away? Yeah, I realised it straight away. Although I didn't actually understand the controls for it. Like, I thought you had to kind of push the buttons up to the one you wanted to wager. So I kept wagering one bar. In the end, actually, when I played the game, every time I did a clash, in the end, I just always wagered no bars because I just would save my bars for a super. But yeah, the clashes, I understood what it was trying to say. What was funny is that I never initiated a clash myself. Did you? No. I, I always got them as a result of the AI initiating the clash. There's no satisfaction to a clash because I want the super move. Yeah, it's quite a powerful mechanic, though. Like You can regenerate a lot of health on the basis of the clash. Because I don't know if you noticed that as you take damage or as you damage your opponent, their bar kind of goes yellow and then ticks down. And if you take a lot of damage very quickly and then initiate a clash, you will regenerate all of that damage that hasn't yet ticked down plus an amount from the clash. So you can actually essentially refill most of your health bar if you suddenly take a lot of damage. So you're saying health ticks down, it's not immediately removed? It's not immediately removed. If you're in the middle of a combo, I don't know if you noticed this, it chips away all the health and it goes from red to yellow on the bar. But the bar itself doesn't actually go down until the combo's over and you like you hit the ground and then it's done. So if you've taken a large amount of damage, you can initiate a clash and you'll regenerate all of that health and then some. But there are quite a lot of mechanics in this game that are quite deep if you want to play with that depth. What I wanted to say... With the character tutorials, they weren't so punishing on the timing. So punishing a Street Fighter? Yeah. Really? Did you do the Atrocitus tutorial? Because that's the only other one I did. Yes. And you found it fine? I find some of the weird cross-up combo using the pretty kid. In fact, wait, you did the Atrocitus tutorial and you forgot about the cat? It looked like a like I didn't really um, know it was a cat. I, I genuinely question your eyesight. I think we should talk about this later. The screen's too big. Can't look at the cat. That's okay. why I've moved on to the smaller screen. I find the, I find the timing quite difficult. I, I don't think the timing was as difficult as Street Fighter 4's timing. Like, I was able to get through all the tutorials, but I did have to watch the AI do it a few times. I just had to do things as quick as I could. No, as quick as you could is definitely not the right timing. In most cases. Or, or it was either as quick as you could or wait for the, you know, the bounce and that was it. That's, you know, that's as sophisticated as I got with these character tutorials. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting point about these fighting games. Because I think a fundamental change has been before the advent of the internet, when it was all about the secrets and knowing the moves. Knowing the move is where your skill came from. You know, knowing the input to do a fireball or a dragon punch. That was where the skill came in. Whereas now, you pause the game, it just lists all the moves for you. You want to do a super move. You don't have to like push three buttons and do some crazy input. Now you just pull the two triggers down. So the skill is less about the mechanical execution of the moves. And it's more about the tactics and the metagame. It's getting in your opponent's head and knowing, oh, he's going to do this. I should be ready to counter with this. Or I'm going to do a meter burn and punish them now. You know, it's less about the mechanical execution and more about the strategic planning. There is still some execution involved. There is still some execution involved, as you pointed out, with the timing, but I don't think it's as much. And I think Street Fighter 4 or the Street Fighter games are more on the 
execution side, whereas these Nether Realm games are more meta. Yep, agreed. Having said that, I haven't played Street Fighter Five. Should we move on to the main event? The main campaign. The main campaign, yeah. Involving the whole roster of DC comic characters, whoever they might be. I think, didn't they say on the record that they were going to try and introduce some less well-known characters? I don't know, maybe. Well, mission accomplished if they do. <laughs> I am definitely not familiar with DC Comics. The core Justice League characters I've heard of. But once you get beyond that, yeah, I'm very confused. It's funny to see how many are analogous to a Marvel character, which I guess I am familiar with. For example? Actually, I'm not even sure what I mean by that. I don't know. Like, Black Canary. I saw Black Canary and I was like, is she like Black Widow? I guess so. She's like got funny martial arts flippy moves. And, and Black Canary has a shriek though. You're right. She does. Have, and kind of crossed with then the Inhumans Black Bolt. Because that's his power too. I guess there's only so many superpowers that people can conceive of. But it makes sense. You know, if you're part of one house, you'll start imitating the others, right? Just to have something like for like. Mm, I guess so. Gorilla Grodd appeared to have fairly crazy powers. I'd never even heard of Gorilla Grodd until this game. Like, I'd literally never heard of him. Same. So my only familiarity, I guess, with a lot of these characters is from playing the Batman Arkham games, because many of the villains... Well, the Arkham games essentially try to shoehorn in every Batman villain ever. And so I knew them from that. Or from films, I guess, like Suicide Squad. That's why I knew about Deadshot. I'd never heard of him before that. I don't really read comics. I don't know about you. No. I consume media, so some of them are from TV shows as well. Cheetah? Never heard of Cheetah. And Dr. Fate? And Captain Cold? Yeah, Captain Cold was like, is this Mr. Freeze? No, wait, that's... No, wait, yeah, Mr. Freeze is DC <laughs> as well, isn't it? You've got two Cold characters. It's just silly. My favourite, as I alluded to earlier, is Atrocitus. Because Atrocitus has a pretty kitty. I can't believe you did not notice the cat. It was just this red creature on the screen. Red creature? I'm not really familiar with the backstory of Atrocitus. But I just thought it was so funny. Well, number one, there was like really terrible acting by the Green Lantern guy. I, mean, I suppose it's probably not his fault. He has to deal with the script. But his eyes go red and he's like, rage. And I'm like, way to ham it up, man. Way to overact. And then suddenly blood portal appears and out comes this guy who's like this massive hulking guy covered in red stony armor and he's vomiting blood and he's like the embodiment of rage and his name is atrocitus and he has a pretty kitty cat who loves to fly around but pretty kitty is the term that you've created yeah okay he doesn't call it his pretty kitty but i was just thinking oh it's a pretty kitty i wonder if I, that's the reason i've done the atrocitus character tutorial because i wanted to play with the pretty kitty it just seems so inappropriate you just like vomit some blood and then summon a blood tornado and then send your cat to like air juggle them. Awesome. So I made a comment here 
about all the fitted suits that these characters had and there's a lot of behinds on show, butts on show. Did you not notice this? You you noticed the pretty kitty. I just looked at people's backsides. <laughs> this is probably saying something about each of us. Very troubling. Very troubling. Psychologists have a field day. You know, and I didn't I didn't care for the gender either. Yeah, they all have very toned backsides. Okay, so you did notice. Not really, not until you pointed it out. Just an observation. Just an observation. Just an idle observation. Oh my god. Look at that But Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, now we've established that we're both clueless and probably shouldn't be listened to when it comes to talking about these characters. But no one's heard of them. It's not our fault. What do you mean? I'm sure, I'm sure right now some DC fans are going like, oh, they're so stupid. Uh. I mean, it's just like anything with these comic universes there's just like so much if you start reading about one of these comic book characters on say wikipedia you're just going down this rabbit hole of like infinite regress into more and more characters and more and more backstory and more and more alternate universes i mean there's loads of depth here if you want it but just we're not personally familiar with it i think this is why ito who suggested injustice has a much closer attachment to the game because he reads dc comics right where do we begin? Lots of cutscenes in this game. Most of them ridiculous. But I really liked one. Which was the Flash and Reverse Flash fight as they're running through everything. That was cool, actually. That was really cool. Yes. That was pretty nuts. I think that's probably one of the best cutscenes in the game. Now that you mention it. There are a lot of cutscenes. But this is, yeah. This, this stands out. Yeah, I mean... Well, we're not going to go through the whole damn story because the whole damn story is freaking nuts. And I don't remember half of it because I think it was just trying to shoehorn as many characters in as possible. Which is fair enough. That's the whole purpose of the, the campaign is so you can experience all the characters. It, it, it was quite confusing, though, because I believe it carries on from Injustice 1. And the only introduction to the backstory is a tiny kind of pre-time skip moment where Batman and Robin are fighting to try and stop Superman from executing all the criminals at Arkham Asylum. And then after that little prologue, boom, there's been the regime and Superman is evil and is in prison. And then giant face monster Brainiac appears. Good cutscenes, bad cutscenes, weird things that makes no sense. Any other it's the story you particularly want to call out general thing it's a few chapters and each chapter is dedicated to one or two characters that you play and then that's how you it, it distributes out the you know the character experience you know from the roster character experience you mean like the leveling up of characters or do you mean just you experiencing the characters oh, okay you have issues tell me them I just thought it was quite funny because topically this year, is it this year? I mean, my sense of time's all messed up, but we had the Wonder Woman film quite recently. And then now we've got the Justice League film where obviously they're all bestest buds. Though I haven't seen it yet. So I assume they're all bestest buds. I was going to see it yesterday, but then it didn't happen because I ate too much chicken and we four fell asleep. Um, That's a story for pre-chat. <laughs> That's a story for pre-chat. Too bad. The moment has passed. You're just going to have to imagine. Anyway. It's just so strange to see the characters being evil 
it's just so funny because, you know, Wonder Woman, you've got Gal Gadot and she's heroically saving the day. And then here, Wonder Woman is just like brutally like stabbing Harley Quinn. She's like, she's evil. Bam, stab her. And then you've got like Aquaman who just like murders Gorilla Grodd. He's like on the ground. He just like stabs him with his trident. Vicious. It's like, they're not good. They're evil. That's bad. Um. Oh, it was kind of weird, Harley Quinn being a good character anyway. I found that so strange. I was like, wait, Harley Quinn's on my side? What's going on here? Like, I was really confused for some time. Yeah, it was just a mess. Like, when you see the lineup of all the evil characters at the beginning when you first come across Gorilla Grodd, it's just uh, a car crash. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. There's no reason for them be- to be there. <laughs> it's uh, fine. I'm not... The story's not important. I just want to fight people. As an excuse for having a load of fights, it was an okay excuse. I take that back. It was a good excuse. Okay, so to close up on the story then, which ending did you choose? Because there are two potential endings. Well, they're called Absolute Justice and Absolute Power. The Batman track is called Absolute Justice. And the Superman track, I think, is Absolute Power. So you have to make a choice for the final set of fights, whether you're going to play as Batman or Superman, whether you're going to kill Brainiac, or whether you're going to keep him alive. And then there's the... Well, from the story perspective, it's kind of bad. Like, he's just taken a load of cities. He's just, like, annihilated loads of stuff. He's just vacuumed up millions of people. I suppose it's just, like... Don't think about it. It's, it's really common in this sort of superhero genre. Just like, don't think about it. It's just all for drama. Even in the Superman film, they just like blow up Metropolis, don't they? Anyway, anyway, that's irrelevant. Which one did you pick? Absolute Justice. So Batman. Yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I also picked Batman the first time around. And were you satisfied by the ending? No. For, for a game that's so cutscene heavy, there is no cutscene when it all comes to a close. Really? There is no cutscene. It's a... Oh. Did you not watch the ending cutscene? I didn't make a note. What happens at the end of the Batman? You beat down Superman, and then it's kind of implied that he's depowered, because you know he uses the gold kryptonite knife on him, and he says, be careful, too much exposure, and you'll be depowered permanently. And then I guess it's implied that they do that to him at the end, because he's in cuffs in the Fortress of Solitude, without loads of, like, red sun stuff around him. And he says, like, even without my powers, you know, I'll be back. And they banish him into the Phantom Zone. Have you watched the Lego Batman movie? Yes. Yeah. Like that. That's where you send true villains to the Phantom Zone. But that's it. And then it's over. And it's over. What, what did you expect? I don't know. I thought it would be more fanfare. I, I thought there'd be more reuniting of the cast. Or there'd be more of a conclusion. It wasn't just maybe... The focus was just purely on the Batman-Superman relationship. Yeah, you didn't get a little epilogue for all the characters. Yeah. Too bad. You know, it's funny, thinking about it, doing the story in this way where there is a main story to play through is probably much cheaper production values-wise than having individual campaigns for each of the characters and having to do a distinct ending for each character like they used to do. Because if you think about it, like, in the Street Fighter days, an ending per character was really cheap to do because you just threw some text up on the screen. But if you think about, like, Tekken, for example, the Tekken games have a distinct CGI pre-rendered movie for each of the characters. That must be pretty hard to do. 
with modern production values, I mean, and all the voice acting, everything, that's not going to be cheap. You have to do that for each character and have a distinct, you know, what people would expect from a storyline for each character. And that's content not everyone sees as well, because not everyone will play to every character. So I see what you're saying about the lack of epilogue. I must admit, I never thought of it. And then I then play through all of the other alternate versions of the fights that I didn't do the first time around. Because I think when you first play through it, you do like 51 out of 76 possible fights. And if you want to see the other ending you didn't pick, you have to do all those alternate fights and then it will let you skip straight to the other ending. So I did all those fights and then I also saw the Superman ending. Which was... What I actually thought was quite cool is that the last sequence of fights with Superman, the cinematics are actually all the same, which on the one hand, normally I think is like, this is so cheap, what a cop out. But I actually thought it was actually pretty cool because it kind of meant that whichever one you were playing, they really were all doing the same sequence of fights simultaneously. And it kind of like you were seeing the other side of the story. So I quite enjoyed that actually, after all, surprisingly. And then the Superman version of the ending you watched it on YouTube? Yes, I did. Naughty, naughty. Honestly, after you told me, like, not to tell you if I'd done that, because it would, you know, you'd be unhappy. And then you did it yourself. I- I'm just messing with you. It's fine. What do you think of the Superman ending? Much more satisfying. Much more satisfying. There's much more, there's much more cutscene to it. Much more cutscene. You know, there's... Because the Batman conclusion is, he's back to where we started. Nothing really happened. But Superman, he takes over Brainiac's ship, right? Yes. He takes a brilliant ship. He says he's restored the other cities. He's got absolute power of the everything. And he's made Batman to his mind control slave. See, that's an ending. Well, then you, I guess you should have picked Superman then, shouldn't there you? There was impact, right? So you made it all the way to the end of the campaign. Did you develop any expertise in your combat, you know, fighting strategy? No. I think... Because you're changing character all the time, I never developed any kind of real skill with any particular character. And I don't know about you, but I completely forgot how to do like meter burns and clashes and all of those things as well. Literally, the only thing I could remember how to do was to pull down both triggers for the super move. That's literally the only thing I remembered from the tutorials. Everything else was just like, um, push buttons. It took me ages to even remember how to do like a throw or to do like a a stage specific attack, which I guess the the shoulder buttons. But I I couldn't remember how to do a meter burn or any of the other things. With the meter burn, you had to know what moves had a meter burn effect. So you played exactly the same way regardless throughout. I remember each time I got assigned a new character, I would pause the game and take a brief look at their special moves. But, yeah, I didn't do the character tutorial for all the characters, apart from Batman, because it was forced on me, and Atrocitus, because I like the kitty. Most of the game, I actually ended up playing through by... Well, to begin with, I tried to do a lot of special moves. But then in the end, the special moves often aren't that damaging, and I found the most efficient way to play was just to actually do the regular attack combos, which I mostly just mashed buttons until I found some combination that worked, and then just kept doing that. So I would mash buttons, and then wiggle the d-pad around which would normally do a special move at the end usually this was really effective and it looked really cool and i do lots of juggles but sometimes just the particular combination of buttons i was choosing to use would do some completely inappropriate special move like with batman i would often just 
do a sequence of attacks, and then just at the end shoot his grapple into the air for no particular reason. I had the same problem. And not just for Batman. Yeah, so my, my strategy was mostly mash buttons and then do super moves. Same. Unless it was a, a character that had distant attacks like Black Adam. I'd have to run in close and then I would beat him by pure speed. So it would be light and medium attacks and I would exclude a heavy attack. But never got more, more sophisticated than that. And then on the super moves, they're really cool the first time you see them. But you end up seeing them so often. I googled this. I thought there would be alternate super moves that you could select or choose between, you know. But I don't think there are. They do have two different versions of super move for whether you're doing it to the left or the right. But I guess that's basically just flipping the camera around. I think it would have been really much better for the game if they'd literally given every character two super moves. If only just so that the first time you do it, it does the first one. And the second time it does the second one. Because... It's kind of ridiculous when you end up doing the same super move twice in the same fight. Like, the super move looks really good the first time. The second time, it's like, did they not learn their lesson? Like, I'm doing this exact same crazy sequence of events twice, like, back to back. I'm, like, throwing them through a portal in time and then punching them through a pyramid or something. It's just like, there's only one Sphinx. I didn't already break his nose off, you know? It's happening. It it just seems silly. I didn't even realize you could fit into, into one fight. I think actually the super move is also kind of like a, a rubber banding mechanic almost because I noticed that my super move gauge filled up much more quickly when I was losing. Like taking loads of damage actually filled up much more quickly than me doing loads of damage to the enemy. Or at least that's how it felt to me. No, that makes sense. Can we move away from the fight mechanics now? Let's talk about the meta. The meta meta game. Yes. Yeah, because I find this fascinating. There are four currencies. This is like one of the terrible trends in gaming in 2017. The bleeding in of free-to-play mobile game mechanics into AAA titles. This is not a new observation. I mean, everyone's talking about this this year. I mean, the biggest example of this is... Star Wars Battlefront 2, which has now got the most downvoted Reddit comment of all time and vitriol and crashing share prices. Well, no, I said crashing. Minor decrease in share price. But certainly outrage on the internet and then developer backpedaling temporarily. Well, I mean, we'll see how this plays out. But yes, Injustice 2 has the same problem. It has a premium currency that you have to pay for with real money, I think. I mean, I don't know. It's deliberately obtuse. Did you get your head around the four currencies? No, I was just like, I don't care anyway. But it very much seems that there's an RPG-like mechanic for levelling up your characters, and then there is alternate equipment that you can earn by opening loot boxes to equip on your characters, and then cosmetic stuff that you can pay for with real money. So it's not pay to win in the sense that you can't pay money for better gear for your characters, but you can make your characters look cool by paying real money. The new items do give you bonuses. But I don't think you can get those items with real money. I think those items come from playtime. Because I think that's why the crystals are what you spend for the skins and the shaders versus the other currency which is used for getting items and re-rolling items. And I think that's how they say, you know, it's not pay to win. Unlike Star Wars, which has caused the 
outrage. So what did you think of that, having to level up each character to level, I don't know, 20, I think, is the cap? And then you can't use the items you unlock unless your characters are the right level. Did you even equip the items that you unlocked? Did you open your loot boxes? I, I opened my loot boxes. I opened some of the loot boxes. And then I was like, oh, well, am I better off holding these until I'm a higher level? The thing is, I didn't really look into the mechanics of this, the deep mechanics of this, because in the end, I realized I don't care. I'm not actually going to play this online multiplayer. I have too many other things to play. It, it was fun. It was a fun game to play, but, you know, I'm not going to get deep into the multiplayer. And I, and I think also, again, to try and make it a level playing field, to try and make it a competitive fighting game, I imagine the most competitive mode is going to be the one where you don't have all these weird unlocks and special things, you know, that, that stuff comes from playing the multiverse mode, which is kind of like an RPG type system. And you can use your special gear to play against powerful AI characters and so on. So they, they have definitely tried to add more depth into it. And, you know, there, there's much more single player content than just the story mode, which is what we played. If you want there to be you know, essentially like daily challenges and, and so on. And then there's, you know, the fun with all your crazy superpowers and gear multiplayer. And then there's like the competitive, you know, this is the level playing field. It's all about, you know, using your skills properly and knowing the characters inside out and doing the juggles and the lead burns and blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. I mean, this game certainly didn't generate loads of outrage. I, I think it's actually done in the tasteful way where it's not pay to win. But this is a very sensitive subject for everyone. And, and it's very interesting to hear what developers have to say about it too. I follow some developers on Twitter and there was an interesting tweet that one of them made, which was, right, we get it. You all hate loot boxes. How else do you think we should fund AAA games? You know, would you rather pay for DLC? Would you rather pay more for DLC and have no loot boxes? And you say you hate loot boxes, but you're all buying the loot boxes. It is very strange to see it from the other side of the fence. But, you know, I did do my bit and downvote that comment on Reddit. I thought you were going to say you bought those outfits. Oh, I did that too. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, that's the first time I've ever spent real money on virtual items. You should think back. I'm pretty sure there has been another time, but you've forgotten. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I erased it from my memory because it's too embarrassing. Did you buy anything for Skyrim? No. Jeez, no. What would I have bought? Like horse armor? Don't make me sick. And World of Warcraft, everything is tied to the DLC. It's all DLC, yeah. There's no there's no official way to spend real money in-game. At least there wasn't at the time I played. Have you bought anything for Pokemon Go? Oh, jeez, you're right. You, are you, you sneaky sausage. Yeah, you're right. I did pay money for Pokemon Go. Oh, how embarrassing. What did you buy? I bought some Pokecoins and I spent them on incubators and increasing my Pokemon storage space. So embarrassing, man. You're right. I'm just as bad as the rest of these chumps. The storage is okay. The incubators. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I was a fool. Not like my glorious hat in PUBG. Sorry, anyway. Your consumable items are the worst. At least you've got your hat forever. Hopefully. So as much as I'm a moron and buying stupid virtual items, how about you and your weakness? Trophies. Did you... Notice the number of trophies in this game? No, I didn't. I'm really surprised that you didn't pay more attention to this because I noticed that I was just in the course of playing the game, I would randomly get an achievement, sorry, trophy, because I'm a PlayStation boy now, and I would push the PS button 
and see what I got it for. And it was like, oh, finish a fight with this kind of special move against this character. I was like, huh? How many of these are there? And I scrolled through the list. There's a lot of them. So there are 60 bronze trophies for just doing really quite random stuff or just really grindy stuff. And then one silver and one gold. And a plat. And a plat for getting everything. So you didn't feel the urge to grind out all these trophies? Uh, I did check the trophy roadmap, as I do, and it said there's a lot of these grindy once in a blue moon type events. If you're not planning for them, they'll just happen randomly because that's how they're set up, right? Some of them were really funny, like finish a character with this move at 8pm. Did you notice that? Some of them have, you have to do it at a specific time of day. I didn't see that one. No. Yeah. There's two trophies where you have to do something at a particular time of day. Like you've got a one minute window in which to execute this thing to get the trophy. But you just change your clock. Is it one of those? Yeah. Uh, you probably could. I don't know. When I see stuff like that, I'm like, well, this officially gives me license to completely ignore all the trophies. because I'm definitely not going to do that. I don't know about you, but I'm not a 100% kind of gamer. Certainly not anymore. And even when I was, like when I did care about the sort of thing, I, I think I had some like mental barrier to like, you're asking too much, now I don't care. You know, I'll only go so far. And some of these things like do it at this particular time, that's too far. Can we summarize? Closing statements. How do you feel about the game as a whole? It's very polished. But the characters I have no connection to. But that's your own fault, right? Because you're not a DC fanboy. It's my own fault. I would have preferred Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I think I would have had more connection to the Mortal Kombat characters too. They are in there as DLC. Actually, do you know what? Did you see the DLC characters? Like, Because I remember saying to you, oh, should we buy the special edition? And you were like, don't buy the special edition, man. You're never going to play it. I was like, yeah, you're right. But have you seen what's in the latest DLC character pack? Turtles? The turtles. That was amazing. I can't believe the Ninja Turtles are in this game. I didn't realise you, you were such a fan. It's just so funny because it's so incongruous. It's the, Ninja, the Ninja Turtles, do they have any relationship with DC Comics? I didn't even know DC Comics owned the rights to them. But you can play as like Raiden, for example. Raiden's in this game as a DLC character. And then yeah, now the Ninja Turtles are too. That's amazing. And hilarious. Is it each of them? Or... I, I don't know if it's each of them or whether they're like different skins. Like there's one Ninja Turtle and you can pick from... Maybe there's one entry for Ninja Turtles on the character screen and you pick it and you have to pick which turtle. I imagine they must have different movesets because they've all got different weapons. So yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. But I found that amusing. I did appreciate the polish. I, I thought it was really weird as well seeing them being being bad. I know that Superman being evil in the regime is like a major kind of story arc in DC. Like it's one of their major multiverse versions of the world. One where Superman is evil. So seeing evil Superman and seeing evil characters was interesting but kind of jarring because obviously the current dc cinematic universe that we've got has them all being good and besties though there is a moment in is it batman vs superman where you see the dystopian future so maybe they're going there eventually but still i also liked funny things that seem just really unethical because you know we mentioned you know good characters like stabbing people and killing them there's also a moment where in one of the stages I think it's the Ace of Clubs bar. You can just pick up the bar patrons and like hurl them at your enemy. And you can do that when you're Batman. I mean, that's just, that seems wrong. But yeah, I liked it. The production values are very high. It looks, it does look amazing. 
and, and things like the stage transitions as well, when you like knock someone to another stage, that was incredible. Yeah, they look fun. So in closing, what are we saying? Do you feel enriched from having played this game? Somewhat. Somewhat. I feel I'm up to date now. I feel like I know what's going on with these Never Realm games and what they're doing. Be right. You know, I don't feel compelled to play Mortal Kombat. I don't know what it is. Mortal Kombat 10, 11. Oh, geez. I don't know either. <laughs> Injustice. I don't feel compelled to play them. Seeing as I already own Injustice, I'm vaguely curious about playing the story for that now that I know what it is, even only just to give some more context. But let's be honest, I probably won't. It's got to say, it's so polished, it almost feels like there's no soul, which is unfair to the developers. No soul? Yeah. It, it feels just like a corporate... It's just too slick. Just too slick. It's funny that you level this charge at DC rather than, say, Marvel in the Marvel games. I mean, for example... The new Marvel vs. Capcom, have you heard that they've removed a lot of fan favourites? Like, they've removed all the X-Men characters from it, and they've replaced them by Doctor Strange and Groot and Rocket and stuff. And have you heard the alleged reason behind that? Nope. So, Fox owns the rights to using the X-Men in movies. And obviously, Disney Marvel does not. And so, given that they're making Marvel vs. Capcom, and... Disney is really behind it now in terms of the license. They're now saying, we don't want to give free advertising to the X-Men. Take them out. Put in Doctor Strange. Put in Groot. Put in the characters we control. Because this is all just more marketing for us. That's the very slick corporate messaging. This probably has more soul, just we don't appreciate it because we're not DC fans. Yes. Well, we're not really fans of any comics, to be honest, probably. I do enjoy the occasional Wikipedia binge and being like, what the hell? Yeah, when you told me about the Infinity Stones, I did have a Wikipedia binge over that. I can't close this in a satisfying fashion. So I'll leave it with you. I don't know how to close this either. I don't know how to feel about it. It was... I'm glad I played it. You know, I'm glad I played it. We always say that. Yeah, I, I'm glad to have had a reason to play it. It's fun to see, having seen the other side of the fence too, because I played Street Fighter 4, and I've seen the way Capcom is going with their fighting games. So to see the evolution of the Mortal Kombat line of fighting games as well, that's been fun, given that I used to like Mortal Kombat. It's funny though, because they obviously have dropped all the weird secrets, which is what I enjoyed about Mortal Kombat. But I guess games like that don't really work anymore, thanks to the internet such as life. I think my view of fighting games has been still focused on the period of like Tekken and Virtua Fighter where everything's more showy. Because I think... Was this I, not showy enough for no, you? No, I think Injustice 2 is quite subtle. I think that's what makes it... It's quite subtle. <laughs> he, he runs through time and throws him into the Sphinx and breaks his nose off. Then he grabs him and runs through time and throws him into a T-Rex, which is like, what the fuck? And, like, and then he runs through time and throws... Look at enemy into itself. Subtle. Maybe that's what I expect nowadays. It's Mortal Kombat that has, you know, the x-ray vision where you go in and you see the bones crunching. I need that level of grotesqueness. That's even a word. It's been very hard to sum this one up. Do you want to give it a score out of 10? No. 
<laughs> neither do I. <laughs> I feel so unsatisfied. Did this game leave you wanting more? No. <laughs> Let's pretend this never happened and move on. Okay, so here's an angle to close out on. Please. What is the purpose of this game? Like, what is the purpose of a fighting game in the modern computer games landscape? You know, what purpose did they fulfill before? If you think about it, you had the whole multiplayer, but this is pre-internet multiplayer. You had to be sitting on the couch and fighting against your friends. Or in the arcades. Or in the, well, in the arcades is a slightly different thing where you might be playing against the AI, but you want it to be flashy. You want to draw a crowd. You know, you want people to see cool stuff. You want people to do things. You want to see secrets. And people be like, whoa, how did you do that? The world's not like that anymore. Arcades are dead. And the multiplayer, you're much more likely to be playing against the internet, against someone faceless. There may as well be an AI for all you care about. Albeit a much better one. But you're not there in person with your friend, like joshing them and having a go and banter and whatever. The world has changed. So where do fighting games fit in in the modern world? And, you know, what do you think is behind the resurgence of them? I mean, they've certainly been trundling on for a few years now. You know, they found a place again. But where do you think this fits in? You know, do you think they'll make an Injustice 3? They'll make an Injustice 3. There's Evo. That's the only concerted marketing effort I see for fighting games. So Street Fighter V came out just in time for Evo? Yeah, that is the thing. These modern fighting game tournaments, of which Evo is the most famous, I agree. I think that is the reason these games exist now. And it's like Counter-Strike or Dota or LoL. You know, people play them because they want to be good. Well, people play them for fun too, obviously. You can play it casually. But I think a lot of people do also play because they want to feel like they're heroes at Evo. Like the amazing, you know, those amazing videos of the guy doing the 14 block counter finish you know incredible moments like this that that's what these games are are trying to capture and there is that spirit of in-person combat and we didn't experience that at all when we played this game so maybe we missed the point we didn't play the multiplayer we didn't even play the multiplayer against each other we should have a game right now (laughs) i can trash talk you it's so funny we never played it at all did we Did, did you play against any human opponents did you play the online nope and did you play the local multiplayer Nope. Me neither. So maybe that's why we're confused and not sure what to say. Because, to be honest, we just played the filler. We didn't really play what this game is probably all about. Well, that's not quite true. I think if you are a DC Comics fan, then the story will probably mean a lot more to you than it did to us. Or it may frustrate you as well. Maybe it will frustrate you even more. It's like, what? It's like, that's not Rexstar's moveset. The pretty kitty's supposed to do a... Yeah. Is it Rexstar or Dexstar? Dexstar. Oh, jeez. This just goes to show. Sorry. Sorry, man. I didn't even know the kitty's name. Are, are you satisfied? I'm very satisfied. There you go. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> We're both paying to do this podcast. We don't make any money from it. It's costing us money every month. So where to next? So the next book club game. We're going to pick something very short. So this is actually my choice I've wanted to play this for a while because it's just so different I actually thought this was like a 10 15 hour game it turns out it's actually less than 3 hours long but 
given our busy schedules, maybe that's a good thing. So now I've laboured it long enough. Her story. So this is an FMV game, basically. Way to sell it. Sorry, man. I don't really know very much about this game at all, other than that it's kind of weird and experimental and different. Turns out it's very short. I think it's only on PC. It was in the Humble Bundle a few times. You're not talking about the game here. <laughs> well, I sometimes think that it's better not to give too much away. And for a game that's so short, maybe the less said about it, the better. And also, also because I actually know nothing about this game other than the name. What I think it's about, having done no research about it, you're trying to solve a murder. You have a load of recorded interviews with this woman. And... The interviews are all indexed by this search engine, but you can only... Wait, you've said enough. Okay. You've said enough, actually. Don't, actually. don't ruin it totally. That's too concise. That's too good, actually. Okay, there you go. I've been shut down by Ting. Yeah, you just... Things unravel... Um, reveal themselves to you as you see different aspects of the story. Have you played it at all? Nope. Have you watched any videos or commentary about it? Yes. Oh, okay. You've done more than me. Yeah, so, yes, so bits and pieces fall into place as you play more and the bigger picture reveals itself. It's very compelling. So, the book club game for next time is Her Story. It's very short. Finish Her Story by the next book club episode. Do you own this already or do you need to buy it? You gifted me a copy. Oh, did I? There you go then. I wonder if I have any more gift copies spare. Write in if you want to try and shill for one. <laughs> we were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. On YouTube. As Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please. It would really help... Leave a review. A five-star review, please. Four is fine. No, four is not fine. Come on, man. Come on, man, please. People complain that, you know, in this new world, that anything less than a five-star warrants, you know, a comment or a remark as, as to why we failed you on service. Yeah, exactly. So just save yourself some time. Give us the five-star review, and then you don't have to justify it. It'll just be like, oh, yeah, these guys are so funny. They love to talk about stuff and fill up my boring commute. So refreshing. So refreshing. No. That Mike, he talks about buying hats. He's so wise. I wish he would do conventions. I wish he would do more panels. <laughs> I wish I was more like Mike. Oh, please don't. Please don't go there. What are you grateful for? Oh, jeez. This always catches me off guard. I don't know why. I should prepare this. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for people who've been watching me stream PUBG on Twitch. I feel like a real streamer now. You're one. One viewer. Let's be honest, I don't have many viewers. But it's nice when someone does no, drop no, by. You're like a few followers away from being an affiliate. I say a few followers. I'm quite a lot of followers away a from being an affiliate. A few can be whatever you like. <laughs> yeah, please follow me on Twitch. It would really help. So Michael says bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>